Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. I'm Peanut, and today we're going to walk over to the New Garden Post Office. So grab your Bible and a friend and come on and join us as we learn more from God's special book, the Bible. Kids, would you like to take a walk to the post office? Sure, Mr. G, but doesn't the mailman bring the mail here? That's true, Lizzie, but we just got a slip from the post office that said we had received two huge boxes. So we'll need your help to carry them back here. Mr. G, I have a little red wagon. Can I bring that along to carry one of the boxes? Sure, that would be great, Lizzie. Thanks. And I have one, too, which I used to pull muddily puddily around with. Why, of course. Thank you, Joey. Well, maybe I can walk muddily puddily if he's on his leash. Nope. Sorry, Peanut, but I'll take care of muddily puddily. How about if you pull the wagon instead? Okay, okay. I know how much you love muddily puddily. What's in the two big boxes anyway? We don't know, Lizzie. But we're awfully curious. We've been thinking and thinking what it might be. Do you know where it came from? Yes. And that's what's so puzzling. It's from China. From, from China? Do you know anybody from China? Yes, we do have some very close friends from China, the Yangs. But they now live in the United States. Hey, I remember the Yangs and their three children, Michigan, Janice, and Joseph. Yes, Peanut. They're such nice, nice children. They certainly are. Well, what are we waiting for? Are you all ready to go? Let's go see what's in the package. Come on. I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, come on, Joey. Hurry. Oh, it's such a beautiful day. So you don't know anyone else in China, Mrs. G? No. We can't think of anyone who would be sending us these two huge boxes. Hey. Do you think they'll fit in our wagons, Mr. G? I hope so, or we'll really be in trouble, Joey. We'd have to go back with our van and pick them up. Okay, let's go, everybody. We have a new Bible verse that we need to memorize while we walk over to the post office. What is it, Mr. G? It's Ezekiel 18, verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. God hath said in his word, The soul that sinneth it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. 
neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall What does the soul that sinneth it shall die mean, Mr. G? That's a good question, Lizzie. God is telling us a very important truth, which we also find in Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mr. G, what are wages? Wages is another word for payment, Lizzie. In other words, if you work at a job, you get paid a salary or wages. The payment of sin is eternal death or hell, Lizzie. Oh, I see, Mr. G. I don't get it, Mr. G. Let me try to explain it another way, Joey. Do you remember when Mo the robber had to go to jail because he broke the law? and tried to steal the gold coins in Epi's palace? Yes, I remember. Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John 3, 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. This means whenever we break the law of God, the Bible, we deserve to go to hell. Even if we only sin a little bit, Like just tell only one lie or just get a little bit angry? Yes, Lizzie. Even one sin, no matter how small we think it is, is enough to send us to hell forever. We see this explained in James 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. How does God see our sin, Mr. G? That's a very interesting question, Peanut, because the answer will show us how wicked we really are and why God is absolutely just to require us to pay for our sins in hell unless we have a Savior. Mr. G, do you have a verse that explains this? Yes, I do, Peanut. Let's see. um, Psalm 51.4 comes to mind. That says... Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. You see, all sin is directed against God first. You said that if someone has a Savior, they won't have to suffer hell. How can that be, Mr. G, since God has to punish sin? Your question, Peanut, makes us see what is the purpose of the gospel. Why did the Lord Jesus come to earth? My uncle said he was the greatest teacher who ever lived. Many people believe that, Joy, and it is true. But he did something far more important than just teaching the truth. My grandmother said that he was a great healer. That is true also, Lizzie. But yet we are forgetting about the real reason he came to this sin-cursed earth. Mark 10.45 says... For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, 
but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. What do you mean, Mr. G, to give his life a ransom for many? It means that Christ gave up his life, which means that he had to shed his blood in order to deliver each of the believers from hell. Why does blood have to be shed? That's an excellent question, Joey. In the Bible, God tells us that the only way sin can be forgiven is by blood. Whose blood, Mr. G? I think these next two verses will help you to understand, Lizzie. Okay, thanks, Mr. G. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. The word remission is actually the word forgiveness. Matthew 26.28 also says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission or forgiveness of sins. What about all the sacrifices in the Old Testament? I believe that Hebrews 10, 1 through 4 can help us out greatly. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. If it can't be an animal's blood, why can't it be another person's blood? Why does it have to be only Jesus Christ's blood? I think we can find the solution in the Old Testament, Peanut. In Exodus 12:5, we learn that every animal sacrifice had to be perfect. No scars or marks of any kind. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. In the same way, the only sacrifice that could forgive our sins or wash them away is the perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, as we find in 1 Peter 1.19. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, I just thought of a verse. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. It's Revelation 1.5. But I only remembered part of it. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Uh, I forgot the rest. That, that's okay. That's a great verse, Peanut. How was Jesus perfect, Mr. G.? Well, Joy, we can read in 2 Corinthians 5.21 where it says, For he hath made him, and that's talking about the Lord Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Lord Jesus Christ had no sin of his own. He became our sin and then had to pay for our sin by enduring hell in our place. Well, here we are at the post office. That was quick. You're right, dear. Having the Bible study on the way really made the walk seem much shorter. May I help you? Is the boy with the pig with you? Uh, yes, he is. Is there a problem? This is a federal building, and we don't allow pigs inside. We'll have to wait outside. Sorry, son. Oh, okay. 
Come on, muddly puddly. I'll wait with him, dear. Thanks, sweetheart. Uh, now, how can I help you? We got this slip in the mail. Okay. Hold on just a minute. Hey, Fred. I'm going to need your help. Why don't you drive around back so we can give you the boxes? Actually, what we brought were two wagons. Do you think they will work? I hope so. Meet me around back. There's one for Lizzie. Can you manage that, Lizzie? Um, I think so. They're big, but not as heavy as I expected. And here's one for Peanut. How's that, Peanut? It's fine. And you have Muddly Puddly, Joey? Yes, sir. Look, I can't believe it. Two stuffed giant panda bear toys from Mr. Yang's parents in China. Wow. Neat. Cool. And they sent us a card. It says, Happy Chinese New Year. Well, kids, we come to the end of our program today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please write to Treasures from the Bible and Outreach of Bible Ministries International in care of Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621. May God richly bless you with his salvation. Thanks for listening, and be sure and tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible. Bye!